Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Amen. I don't know where I am. We've got four hours of preaching ahead of us, but we're going to get through it. Who's ready for church? You ready for the Word? So we've been, this is our last week doing this. Not like This is not our last week. We'll be back. But, but our last week in the series, Lord, teach us to pray. And we've been discussing prayer, right? And, and really, I've been trying to encourage you to spend more time in your personal prayer than, than just corporate prayer. And there's something great about corporate prayer. Lord knows I love corporate prayer. But power is going to happen. Change is going to happen when you close that door and you spend time alone with Him, Right? And so uh, we're not discounting corporate prayer, but we have been talking about personal prayer. And the disciples, they noticed something about Jesus, and they came to him. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And so I've never, I've never asked somebody to teach me something if I didn't think it was worth being taught, that thing. And so they looked at Jesus, and they saw something different, and they wanted that different. And for a lot of people, the world around us, they look at us, but they don't see anything different, so they don't want that. They see the same old, same old everywhere they go, and that's not actually what they want. But the disciples, they saw something in Jesus. They wanted that thing. I want that. I've seen it. Because when people pray, something different happens. They have a different perspective on life. They have an anointing. They've spent time in the presence of Jesus and it's changed them. They, they function different. They think different. They speak different. They dress differently. They behave in a certain way. They, they walk around and they love building and they love giving. And there's something special about what's happening in their life. They have victory. They're generous. They have a meaningful relationship with Jesus and it's obvious and it's evident. Amen. Anyone want a meaningful relationship with Jesus? I'd hope so, because that's really, as a church, what we're here to do. We're here to inspire you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Not tell you what to do and what not to do, but to inspire you to have that. And the one thing I know, it's like with Pastor Daryl, when I look at him, I'm inspired by him. Not only what he says, but when I look at what he's built, when I look at how he lives, when I look at how he loves, when I look at how he cares, I want that for my life. I want to be different. I want to grow in that area. And so when people look at you, if you have no relationship with Jesus, there is nothing to inspire them in that area. And so if you have it, I would hope that you would want, to, you would want the world around you to have that as well. Amen? Come on, that's why we exist. That's why we're here. We're here to love God. We're here to love people. We're here to make a difference. And you can do that. And I believe this. I believe with all my heart that if you were to love God and you were to love people and you were to make a difference, you would inspire people to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. And so the disciples see this. They see something in Jesus. They see it and they want it. I see that there's something different, the way he functions, the way he thinks, the way he behaves. There is something different about, I want that thing. And they've noticed that it came out of an environment of prayer. Spending personal time with his father made everything around him different. And they go, I want that. I want that for my life. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Now, there is a warning. I'm going to tell you up front, right? If you're going to start praying, you're going to face opposition, 
Satan, the demonic, is not okay with you praying. He's just not okay. He doesn't look and go, well, nah. it is what it is, I suppose. No. No. Comfortable when you're watching Netflix, not so happy when you're spending time in prayer. Comfortable when you're on Facebook or Instagram, not so happy when you're praying. Right? People always say, like, why do I face so many difficulties? Do you pray? Yes, there. There's your answer, right? And so you're, you're looking for trouble. I'm telling you up front, you're looking for trouble, and he will try to stop you. You are going to face challenges if you pray. I'm not, like, Lord, teach us to pray. Wasn't Lord, teach us to pray so we could have no issues? It was, Lord, teach us to pray because we see something different. We want that difference. We want to be able to overcome like you. We want to have victory like this. Amen? You're going to have trouble. And so John 16, verse 33 says this. These things I've spoken to you that in me, say in me, in me, this is in Jesus, you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation or trials or trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. If you're in him, you will have peace. In him. You can be in the world. You're not going to have the same peace as you're going to have when you're in Christ. Right? That's why you're a new creation when you're in Christ. There is a peace. I know that there's hard times, but I know that stronger than that is my God. I know that I'm struggling financially, but I know that my God is bigger than that financial situation. I know that work is difficult. Those people are difficult. They're speaking about me, but I know what my God says about me, and it's more powerful than what anyone in the world says about me. When you're in Christ, there is a peace. There is a security. When you're in Him, you have a peace. And He says, in the world, you're going to face things, and it's going to be tough. You're facing anything tough? There. He warned you. But he said, don't worry about it, because I've overcome that. And you're in me. You don't have anything to worry about. They have everything to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. I got you. Amen? If you're, not, if you're outside of that, you're going to face things. You're going to face challenges. And I'm not saying if you're going through turmoil, you're kind of, you've somehow drifted. What I am saying is if you're facing trouble and you're spending your time on Instagram, you're going to have a really nice news feed, but you're not going to have peace. You cannot. You cannot spend time everywhere but God and have what God has for you. Cannot happen. Amen? So remember, prayer is not about how good you look, how brilliant you sound, how awesome you are. He warned about that early. He said, listen, those people who walk around making this about how awesome they are, they have a reward. Don't you worry. But it's not what they're looking for. It's about can you close that door? Can you have that quiet time? My Father in heaven, can you sit at His feet and can you, can you come before the throne and spend time in His presence without everybody thinking how awesome you are? Right? That's why some people don't come to pray. is because you think you're awesome. They don't want to come. Because they stand there and they, they hear you pray. These wonderful noises come out of you, but they don't see anything about your life that's real. And that's off-putting. That's off-putting. I have spent time in prayer meetings with people... It's like they can, they can spit the Bible. Their life is a joke, but they just know words, right? They sound good, but their life doesn't have fruit. 
And, and especially when I was a new Christian, I couldn't, I couldn't separate that. I didn't, have the, I didn't know how to do that. I just, like, I, I, there's a true story. I, I remember the, the, the pastor coming to me and he said to me, you need to go and apologize to this guy. And the only reason I remember it is because I saw his wife online. Like, I could have had a Facebook friend. And uh, he said, you need to go and apologize to them. And I said, why? And he said, because you, 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 you challenged them about their prayer life. I said, yes. And he said, no, not yes. You're, you need to go say sorry, not yes. And I said, yeah, but what about, I was right. And he goes, I know you're right. It's the way you said it. Go say sorry. And I went back and I said, look, uh, the pastor would like me to apologize. And so I'm here to apologize. And, and so I had to go back twice, right, twice and apologize. And, uh, but, but here's what it was. I was like, come on, we're going to pray. We're in like an e-group and it was awesome. We're going to pray. And everyone got something to pray for. I was like, this is awesome. I don't know how to pray, but I can pray for one thing. And it was like, only that one thing. And what was good is that no one else had that thing to pray for, which meant they weren't going to steal my prayer. You ever had that? And so they weren't going to steal my prayer. This was all mine. And we got to them and they had to pray. And they said, no, we don't pray. And I turned and I said, you just, like five minutes ago, you told me you've been a Christian for 30 years. You don't pray? So what have you been doing for 30 years? Now, apparently that's quite, you can't say that. Right? You can't say that in e-group. We don't say that in e-groups anymore. Right? Because I don't want to say sorry. But the, the, the truth of the matter is like, what are we doing if we're not spending time with Him? What are you doing? If you can't spend time with your Creator, the one who saved you, then what are you spending your time doing? What have you done? And how are you functioning? How have you made it this far? Like, I need to understand that that's amazing. Because I can't do that. I have to spend time with Him. And so we need to spend time in prayer. It's not about how good you look, but we need to spend time. It's about relationship. Amen? So I haven't shown you this until now. I wanted to save... Jodie, can you open that? I wanted to show you this, um, this one bit that I left out all the way through because I was talking about personal prayer. Matthew 6. Now notice the tone, right? We're going to read from, six, uh, from 9 to 13. He says... He said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus has gone and told them all the things they not, it's not, prayer is not about. And they're like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to learn how to pray. I came and asked how to pray, not what not to do. And he's finally getting there. He's like, all right, now this is how you pray. And notice the tone. Our Father in heaven, not my. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors there's no i here yet i'm just and not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen you were like where's like it was personal prayer where's the me part like, where's, there was no part in here for my shopping list. Like, I, and there's no Andrew in there. And I didn't want to show you that too early. I thought I'd get you to the end of prayer before I, before I show you that it's still not really about you, right? It's our Father. It's about us. And I'm finding a lot of people are starting to have this, this warped concept, like, that you will hear them say, you don't have to go to church to be part of the church. Okay. 
You don't have to go to Macca's to get a meal either, but you tend to. So we've started to separate me from the church. We've started to break this thing up somehow. But he said, I will build my church. This, I'm going to build my church. And we, we are the body of Christ. When we start to pray, this is about us. This is not only about me. This was all about you until you gave your life to Jesus. Now it's about about everyone other than you. Right? That's kind of the easiest way to figure out how does church work. It's about you. Until you give your life to Jesus, then you're with us and we're going to believe for everyone else. Because the more people that give their life to Jesus, the more people are saved. And the better heaven's going to be because it's going to be full. It's going to be a party up there. Right? It ain't going to be no naked baby on a cloud with a bow and arrow. That's not going to happen. But we're going to be there. Right? None of us want any of us to be naked with an arrow. None of us want that. We all know that that's true. Right? Heaven's going to be better than that. Amen? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He, he's, he wants to build us. He wants to speak into us. He wants to show us. He wants to spend time with us. And that is where some of the church is failing because we're leaving it up to individuals and it's supposed to be about us. Where is the us? That's why I tell you, find a place to get involved. Find a place to serve. People think, what are you looking for? I'm looking for you to find your place in the body of Christ. I'm looking for you to find a way to connect with people because I can go fast on my own, but we can go further together. We can do what God's called us to do when we come before Him. Amen? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This is the last part of that prayer. Mm. And for the longest time, if I'm honest, I just treated God like He owed me something. He was my God, more like a car God than, than the Almighty God. Heal that person in Jesus' name. I just command Him like He's just He's there, like a genie. I rub the, rub the microphone twice, He just pop out and do exactly as Andrew says. Right? We, and we treat him like this. We treat him like this. Bless my finances in Jesus. We've got this in Jesus' name. Like it's like if I say it, the world uses like abracadabra type thing. We use it in Jesus' name. And then it just must happen. It, just, it must because we said it. I said it. It must happen. Heal that person. Increase that finance. Build my business. Open that door. Open it in Jesus' name. Like, I've got some gangster just opened that door in Jesus' name. I mean, if that opened, I'd have freaked out. But uh, could you imagine that that would have just been like a mic drop and walk out of here, right? Like, I'll walk through that door. Like, I'll take it, right? We're all praying for open doors, right? Send the right person. Build that business. Increase me. I want more. We just say it. We just treat him like he's just some arbitrary character that's out there who, when we say it, he must turn up. And that's how I treated him. Protect my family. On and on I went. I just went on and on. And that's a very clear sign that I was not in prayer. What I've discovered is that most people treat him this way. We treat him, we treat him with such disrespect, such dishonor, and then we're the ones who are unsatisfied and unfulfilled. We do that and then we're confused. Have you noticed that? And then it's God's fault. He didn't turn up. 
So what's causing this? What's causing this? And could it be that it's the way we view God, His kingdom, and His authority? Maybe we view it and it's all wrong. Maybe our approach is so off that we couldn't possibly see what it is He's asking us to be part of. Could it be that we're just so off track? Could it be that um, we've made this about us, not Him? Is it possible? I'm just asking a question. Is it possible that it's more about you than Him? Is it possible that it's about our way, not His? Our kingdom, not His. It's our church, not His. Our authority, our influence. It's about my power. He needs to turn up so that I can be powerful. He needs to turn up so that I can be rich. He needs to turn up that I can just say it and it works. Could it be? Is it all about you and your way? Is it about your business? Is it about your finance? Is it about your ministry? Some people got this all messed up. Your relationships, your Facebook, your Instagram. It's about me. It's about me. I give because it needs to bless me, not because I'm a blessing. We give with the expectation. We, we give like, oh, if I give more, he'll bless me more. Really? That's like, that's the transaction you want? You want that? That's why you give? I'm going to be rich. How many times I hear some young people, I'm going to be rich one day. Bro, you're gonna be, you, you can be rich. You can be rich. I've been rich. I'm still rich. I just view it differently now, right? I was rich and stupid, and it was about me. Now I'm rich. I'm still stupid, but it's about him. Come on, I'm learning, right? Yeah, we walk around like we've got this thing sorted. You don't tell me. I tell you. Mm. I know better. I've got it sussed. Everything's under control. If these things are coming out of your mouth, I'm telling you, you're not in prayer. You can argue it with me, but you're going to have to show me. I feel like we're living in a world that, that it's all about building our kingdom. Like Apple's not really worried about God's kingdom. Tesla's not really worried about God's kingdom. Google, not so much. Maccas, they're out the picture. Red Rooster, they do some good stuff, but they're still not kingdom-minded. Nike. All of this stuff there, whatever that thing is made from, whoever sold us that, whoever sold us this stuff, whoever, none of, they are all building their own kingdom. People go, yeah, the church just wants my money. Man, everything wants your money. Everything wants your money. What you like is that you can give some of it and get a hamburger back in, in it. Like, I want some back. But that just shows where our heart is. If I don't get physical value for money, you ain't getting nothing. That's how you can tell what owns you. And I don't mind worrying about talking about money. Because it, it, it is. We've fallen in love with this thing and it's ruling us and we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of the grip it has on us so that we can actually do collectively, we can do something for God. One day you're going to look back. I'm telling you, you're going to have a billion dollars in your bank account and you're going to die and your kids are going to get it. 
That's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get the money, but you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. Pastor Matt, he had that stupid CD in his car. You keep rhyming about your rims and tires, but you can't take them with you when your life expires. You ain't never seen a CD come out of a thing, gone out the window. I've never, I remember the lyrics, but that CD is on the street somewhere. And we are not doing that. We are better than that. Amen? It's about how much money I have, where I live, what I'm driving, who I'm with. And Christians, they give their life to the Lord. I'm surrendering to Jesus, all to you, Lord. And then I go back to my old way of living, and I wonder why I'm confused. I want everything you've got for me, and you can add that to my already awesome. Like, I, I'll give you some, but I want a whole bunch back. Lord, you can have my car. Give me that Ferrari in Jesus' name. Have my Hyundai. Have it. You can have this clothing. But there is this one Instagram account. Like, that's actually what I'd like to be looking like. He said, you see that? That's sick. In Jesus' name, I claim those shoes. Yeah. And you wonder why you're so unsatisfied. Hmm? Doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Yeah. So you're insane. Like we had help, we had a counsel, but I can't fix that. I can't fix that. That needs more than that. Go see Pastor Allison, right? Like she's been, just been doing this for longer. She just knows. She's going to give you one word. It's going to be pray, right? Just pray. That's it. That's how you're going to fix this. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For yours is the kingdom, not ours. Yours is the power and the authority, not ours. Yours is the glory, not ours. And then we end by saying forever. You know that like forever, that's what forever means. Like it's not changing. It's not going to change. This last part of prayer is an acknowledgement. You're sitting in the presence of God and saying, Lord, yours is the kingdom. It's about your kingdom. And it's about your power and your authority. And I acknowledge that. I'm going to allow it to shape me. I'm going to allow it to change the way I look at life. It's going to shape how I speak to people, how I give, how I move, how I work, how I act, how I behave. I'm giving you everything. And it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. I just need that. Just, you just got to top me up though, because I'm, I'm broke, baby. You see what it's like? It doesn't make sense. We're wondering why prayer doesn't change us because we're going in there with, with this ulterior motive. If I've got to spend three minutes with him, if I have to do it, I mean, surely he's going to do more. Instead of saying, I can't tolerate everything outside of that room. I'm closing the door where it's just you and me. And why has it only got to be three minutes? Help me to change the way I work, that I can have more time with you. Help me to fix my finances, that I can have more time with you. Help me, God. I'm desperately trying to change things. Where is that passion? And that's why when we come together, we struggle to pray. Because we can't pray corporately because we never spend any time privately. And somebody says, pray with passion. Okay, 
Show me what that looks like. No, you should have been behind closed doors praying with passion. And you walk out and you say, I've seen what God did in my life this week. Now let's pray. Because if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. If He can change my life, He can change yours. If we can come together here, I've seen how He's just adjusted something. He can do it in someone's life. And when you start touching chairs, it's not like, oh my gosh, in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. It's God. Every chair I touch. God, I know that there's a family that's broken. I was broken. I was broken. God changed their life. I was so far from you, Lord. I was so far. Lord, save them. I was so bound, so messed up. I've seen what you're doing in my life. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm changing. Change someone else. You pray differently. Amen? What happened to surrendering your life to Jesus? For a bunch of dead people, I suppose we were supposed to die to ourselves. We've got a lot to say for dead people. Right? Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. He died there. Yep. Yeah. Like you were supposed to be. It's no longer I who live. Remember, that's what dead means. Dead. I'm dead. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. It all used to be about Andrew. Now this, this 40-year-old sex bomb is just nothing more than a 40-year-old earth suit. That's it, full. I want it full of the Holy Spirit. I want nothing else in there. Am I perfect? No, we're close. But I'm, I'm, I'm praying every day of my life, God, that you would change me just a little bit today, a little bit more, a little bit more. I want to be more like you. I know I'm never going to be you. That's, that's crazy to think I could ever be you. I messed up the minute I came out. I think I was crying with swear words, right? Like everything about me, right? Like I just, I know I'm never going to be Jesus. I know I'm never going to kind of, I know I'm never going to match up. But he is the standard that I'm aiming at, right? I'm not aiming at you. You think you're all spiritual. You ain't nothing. I know Jesus. He's way better. And he's the benchmark. If you make people the benchmark, they're going to let you down and you're going to blame God. You're going to blame him. And we've got to come to him. We're going to say, change me, change me, change me. Change me, Lord. The life I now live, I live in the flesh. Yeah, your flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You want to see your life change. Start to understand what some of these scriptures mean. And when you understand that, that when I'm in him, I have peace. Well, I've got to get, I, want to be, I want to be connected to that. He's the vine. I want, I want to be connected to that. When you walk around, you go, man, I, I, there's some things that I want to do and say and think, and, but I can't do that. Like, I need to shift that. I need to change that. God, help me. You give me the words to speak. You give it to me. Let it be that I can do what you do. I'm, I'm nothing more than an earth suit. Come on. It's about Him. It's about His will and His word. It's about His way. My concern is that we've got to a place in the church, not just this church, in every church. I believe this with all my heart. We've got a lot of information, but not a lot of revelation. You will never understand how incredible he is until you have a personal encounter with him. You can take everything from me, but you cannot take that. We can debate scripture, but we cannot debate what happened in that room, what happened in that church, what happened at that prayer meeting. You can take everything. We can debate it whether you believe I'm right or wrong. I don't care. But I know who I've encountered. And that should drive us forward. Amen? 
I want you to live it out. I don't just want you to turn up every week just because I just happen to speak. could be anyone speaking. But do we take what we're hearing and do we allow it to shape us? How many of you I've told you, don't try to remember the sermon. And I know you don't. I know you listen to that really well. You take that instruction well. Right? I know that. I know that. I, I've never, even the kids' church remembers more than us sometimes. Right? But take something. Take one thing. You let one thing change you every week. I promise you a year from now, I'm like Kurt, I can't do math. You're going to be like 12 times better, right? Come on, one thing a week. Amen? Don't you want to see what's possible? Like I know you look in the mirror and you're like, man, it's ugly, it's fat, it's broke. Short, drives a Hyundai. Like, not much going on here, right? Like, you look in that mirror. Have you ever done that? You just look in the mirror, you're like, it ain't all that. You just think, "Mm." and then you jump in the shower, and an hour later, you look a little bit better, right? But it still ain't all that. And to think that God would want to use you, and He'd want to allow you to be part of what He's going to do in the city. Like, it's not even, it's like we like God use us, and then we come, Pastor, I feel so used. Yeah, because he answered your prayer. (laughs) I'm available. Lord, Pastor, they just want me to do unreasonable things. You said you're available, bro. But don't you want to find out, like, what's possible in life? Wouldn't you love to see, like, what's possible in your workplace if you were to stand for God? What's possible? guy by the name of Terrence. Terrence and I, we we didn't always get along. um, But he did this amazing thing at work. I'll never forget this. Um, in his office, people used to swear a lot, like your office, right? And so every time somebody would swear, he'd knock. And somebody would go, oh my gosh, you can't believe that. Beep. And he'd just knock on his desk. And so somebody, somebody came to him one day and said, do you knock every time somebody swears? I said, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't have the answer to that question. And no sooner as he said, somebody in the office swore, and he knocked. Tick, tick. And he goes, you do. You're knocking every time they swear. And he goes, okay. And that was it. So they came back. They said, why, why do you do that? He said, uh, I'm just knocking. And they go, is it because you're a Christian? And he said, yeah. I just knock. You know, eight months later, not one person in that office was swearing. And so he got up in a meeting one day and he said, I've noticed that you've all stopped swearing. That's amazing. Thank you. And somebody said, we're not not swearing because you're a Christian. We're not swearing because we can't tolerate the knocking. (laughs) Right? But it's amazing what one small thing can do. Change the whole mind of a place by the way you speak, by the way you act, by the way you behave. Amen? Imagine what would happen in the city if the Holy Spirit started to move. Signs and wonders and revival and change and vision and hope, direction. Just imagine. Don't you ever have a day where you just get desperate? Come on, Lord. I'm desperate. I want to find out what's possible. Amen? It's so simple. It's so simple. 
You're one decision away from seeing that. You're one decision away. By coming to him and saying, all to you, I surrender. I'm here, use me, that's it. Whatever you want for my life. If you think a Hyundai is going to work, I'm game for a Hyundai. If you think a Ferrari, I'm more game for the Ferrari. But I'll take the Hyundai. What do you want me, who do you want me to bless? Who do you want me to love? Who do you want me to care for? Who do you, what do you want me to do? How can I help? How can I build your kingdom? Because what I've noticed is I can't build it with the way I speak. Help me. I've noticed I can't build your kingdom with the way I give. Help me. I've noticed that I can't make a difference when I walk around like it's all about me. It can't be about you and your authority and your power when it's all about me. Help me. And your prayer life will start to be shaped when you start to realize that he's establishing a culture and a kingdom on this earth. And it starts in this room that when people walk in, they go, there's something different about these people. There's something different about the way they worship, about the way they sing, love each other, care. I mean, it is late in the afternoon and they are jumping. Why? I was shocked. I come to church on a Sunday morning. It is early. It is the time for recovering from hangover, for goodness sake. And people are jumping. How? How are you jumping with a hangover? That's incredible. People would say, oh, I'd hear them whispering, spirit's all over that boy. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to throw up. It's not about the spirit of God. I'm going to feel sick. I feel sick. I need a bucket. And the pastor is loud. They're like, oh, the Spirit of God. No, no, I was just hungover. Right? That's, uh. But don't you ever like, get to the point where you're tired of the same old, same old? And you know that all you have to do is spend time with Him. Are you getting serious about God? Or do you just want to throw this year away? Are you, is, that where, is that where we're going? You just want to get rid of it now. Are you getting to the stage where you say, you started this year, remember those New Year's resolution things? Like, I'm not eating Maccas all year after today, right? Like, what happened? What happened? You had dream and vision and purpose. And then it's like, oh, is that it? Are we going to throw all of that aside? There was a book you were going to write or something you were going to write as a blog or you were going to post something for the first time on, on Instagram and it was going to have the name of Jesus or something in it and all your friends were going to leave you. You were going to like get the guts to do it, bam. And, and what happened? And where is that drive and that passion? If the, if the world was to walk into this room, would they see something different? When you walk into your workplace, do they see somebody different? When they get around you at the coffee place, do they see something different? Come on, there has to be something that changes in your life. There has to be a moment where you draw a line in the sand and say, right, I'm either going to build your kingdom or I'm going to build mine, but you cannot have it both ways. There must come a moment where you say, I'm tired of not serving. I'm tired of not giving. I'm tired of just being a, the person on the sideline. It's easy to go to the game and sit in the grandstands and make a noise. It's not so easy being on the field. And God is looking for people who would put their hand to the plow. And say, that's it. I'm not looking back. Oh, where could I be? What could I be doing? No, put your hand to the plow and let's go. And he says, and if you do that, you are fit for the kingdom. You are fit for the kingdom, but I don't know enough, but you're fit enough. I'm going to show you. I don't know what to say. I'm going to show you. But we have to get to the stage now where we lay it all on the line and say, we're either going to do this thing or we're not. Because honestly, it's way more fun either way. It is exhausting half in, half out. It is exhausting. To play church is exhausting. Amen? Come on, bow your heads quick. I want to share something with you as you sit there.
One day, no matter how young you are, no matter how immortal you feel right now, one day you're going to turn like 40. You're going to be incredibly good looking. But at some stage, you're going to breathe out your last breath. No matter how much money you got, no matter how many Instagram followers you got, no matter how awesome you think you are, at some stage, one way or another, you are going to breathe out your last and you're going to stand before Him. And I, I, am, I am very mindful, I'm very mindful that I never want to use death as a scare tactic because that's not what it is. I think it's just incredible that one day we will stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord knows it's going to be a better day when you get there. But at a very point in our lives, at some stage, we're going to breathe out our last and we will get there. And he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? You see that whole in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name coming up? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Some of you play this game, this church thing really well. You, you, you think you fooled everyone and you make it look good. You do the right things, you say the right stuff, you buy the right Hillsong album, you wear the Planet Shakers sneakers, you, do, you look the business, you got the right look, you got the right words, but your heart is far from Him. And He says that you who practice lawlessness, So I was interested, what is this lawlessness thing? So years ago, I decided to do a study. It's never left me. Anything that would be against God, His will or His word is lawless. You want to stand against God, against His word, against His will, against His way, you are practicing lawlessness. And you're going to stand before Him and believe it or not, his heart is not to send you or cast you out or declare anything other than good and faithful servant. Come, come. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to love on you, care for you. He wants you and he wants a relationship with you. And we've made this church thing about everything other than I never knew you. That, that knew is like an intimate relationship. It's a, it's a knowing like Adam knew Eve. Like, yeah, not he just knew what her name was. For those of you under 30, I'll, I'll, I'll do an e-group and explain how they knew each other. We'll explain that to you. It's really awesome. If you're married, you might know somebody that way. I never knew you. Of everything that was required, what he really wanted was to know you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know your dreams and your desires. He wants to hear your thoughts. He wants to hear your, your, your ideas and what you think is going on in politics and sport and what's happening in the world. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to empower you. He wants to equip you. He wants to, he wants you to allow you to be part of something that is going to be the greatest move of God the city has ever seen. And he's giving you an opportunity to do it. And he's saying, come to me. And the disciples knew something and experienced something that we need to get hold of. Lord, teach us to pray. 
He was functioning out of a place of relationship. Do you have a relationship with Him? Do you want one? Father, I pray for every person in the room right now. Those that are just trying to figure this thing out. How do I do life as a Christian? How do I navigate this thing? How do I rectify some of the wrongs? How do I turn things around? How do I beat that thing holding me back? How do I do this? I really pray that tonight, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just move through this place and touch every person and help that they would be settled in their heart, settled in their mind. That is as as simple as beginning to spend time with you. Everything will flow. Everything will come. But it's about Him. And for some of you, you're playing games with God. You're half in, half out. I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision now. If you have never given your life to Jesus and you're just sitting there, you're like, no, my hand might have gone up, but I need to make a decision. Like, I, I can't play this game anymore. I want to pray with you. Or you made a decision, you just drifted along the way for whatever reason, that's cool, I've done that. If that's you, I want to pray with you too. If that's you in the room, I'm not putting him on auction, I'm, I'm asking you just very genuinely now. I don't want to try and convince you, you know in your heart you're not where you should be. If that's you, I want while no one's looking around, just slip your hand up and say, include me in this prayer, I see your hand, great decision, I see your hand, great decision, I see your hand, great decision. You're in turmoil. I I need to make right. I can't keep going on like I'm going on. One more time through this place. That's you. Your heart's beating. You've made a decision in your heart, but I'm I'm asking you just to slip your hand up and say, yeah, just include me in that prayer. You can put it straight back down. I'm not calling anyone for it. I'm just asking. Is that you? One last time through this place. Slip your hand up saying, yeah, include me in that prayer. I want to make right with Him. I'm going to live for Jesus now. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. No more messing around. Anyone else? Phenomenal. As you're sitting there, I'm going to ask you to do something crazy in a second. There's a whole lot of guilt and shame that the enemy will use in this area. Like, oh, you just haven't enough and you didn't enough and you did that and you should not have and whatever. The Bible says you don't even have to fight back. You just resist him and he'll flee. We're going to stand in a moment. And we're going to pray for those that are making that decision to surrender their life to Jesus. What I'm going to ask the rest of us to do is as you stand, leave the guilt and shame behind on the chair. Leave it where your butt is. And stand up with determination like I'm going again. I can see how the world has affected me and I'm not allowing that any further. I'm making a decision right here, right now. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to step into the presence of God. And from this day forward, my life is going to be better because I'm going to have a meaningful relationship with Him. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.